This is a story of how and why a random man gave my mom an envelope with 2,500 pesos mientras estábamos sentadas mi mamá, mi hermana y yo en el centro de Guadalajara. Hola, ¿cómo están? Espero que muy bien. I am back with the story time. Como que aquí disfruto más contar historias, se me da más por soltarme. I think it's because of my other platforms, the poetry and the writing in general that I upload is a little bit more structured and planned out beforehand. Y aquí quiero que se sienta más natural, como dije desde un principio, que se sienta como que somos amigues platicando, que estamos en un cafecito, tomando un cóctel. So, I hope that you enjoy the story time and and I actually remember this story once I had already uploaded my previous episode which if you haven't listened to it please do so I talk about the guilt of spending money as the oldest daughter as a first generation as somebody who lives on the other side of the border and this story that I'm about to tell you also has to do with money but I, I don't know why, for some reason, I had completely forgotten about it. Y pues ya me acordé y dije, pues está bien, por alguna razón no lo subí, porque siento que mereces su propio episodio. <laughs> Son cosas que solo ves en, no sé, novelas, en La Rosa de Guadalupe. So, this is the episode for it. Alguna vez Gabriel García Márquez dijo, y no recuerdo bien las palabras exactas, pero como diría mi mamá, palabras más, palabras menos, he once said that... Latin American artists and authors don't necessarily need help from surrealism y realismo mágico because these are actually our lives. Pasamos por cosas tan extraordinarias que para otra gente puede parecer algo, no sé, fuera de este mundo, magia, que solo existen los sueños, las pesadillas, el subconsciente, la fantasía. But this is our lives. And this is what we go through as on a daily basis. This for us, this is... Algo que sucede el día a día y es como me siento sobre esta historia que cuando pasó me quedo, esto yo lo hubiera leído en un cuento de Gabriel García Márquez, pero esto le pasó a mi mamá y le pasó a mi hermana y a mí y son cosas que pasan que solo nos pasan a nosotros. Y ya sin más ni menos aquí les va la historia. So picture this, it is the year... 2016 I believe and if you've listened to the past couple of episodes you know that 2016 and 2017 were I consider the lowest points of my life because I was doing so bad physically emotionally especially financially and you'll know about that in my last episode because I talk about it in detail so I will not repeat but it here but I was struggling and keep in mind that the year before that was the year that my parents separated. That is a key detail because it was the whole reason that this trip happened. So before my parents separated, pues mi papá era el que trabajaba y mi mamá desde un principio ella dijo que ella quería ser mamá, quería ser ama de casa y quería dedicar su tiempo completo a ser mamá. Lo cual le aplaudo y le respeto. And so when my parents separated, pues fue muy difícil porque él era el que, pues el que traía el dinero a la casa básicamente. Entonces 
mi mamá le batalló, mi hermana, yo, yo ya para ese entonces vivía en San Francisco y me mantenía yo sola. So, we struggled. And this was, this was for my sister's birthday. And also, prior to that, my parents liked to travel. Hacíamos viajecitos así por, por partes de México, este, lugares pequeños pero memorias muy bonitas. Entonces cuando mis papás se separaron, yo me imagino que pues mi mamá no quería romper esa tradición. But like I said, my parents had just separated. I had no money. I was struggling so bad in San Francisco. 80 centavos en mi cuenta de banco pagando renta de 700, 800 dólares con viviendo con como ocho personas. And my sister She had just turned 18, I believe, or was about to turn 18. She was struggling too financially. Obviously, she was still a minor. Entonces, pues, it was like bad timing for the trip, but we also, I don't know. I think it was our way of coping with the separation of my parents. It was a big transition from having a family of four for about 20 years to just being three I think also had to do with us being scared that our lives were going to change forever because we were already seeing the consequences of you know financially so it was a combination of many things so we decided to take a trip bueno pues mi mamá tuvo la idea de ir a Guanajuato primero llegaríamos a Guadalajara luego de ahí nos iríamos a León este Guanajuato y San Miguel de Allende. Ese era el plan. And now that I think about it, because if that had happened now and I was struggling now, for some reason now I am more anxious than I was then. Como que en ese entonces me valía la vida. Estaba por los suelos, dignidad por los suelos, pero me valía madre. Creo que era como mi mi mecanismo de defensa it was my coping mechanism to be in this chingue su madre mentality and also back then I will make a, an episode about this but I had this identity of friducha and if you know you know este yo creo yo inventé esta identidad para mí friducha era como mi alter ego and with friducha and it's also in my first book Um, I created Friducha 2016 and I adopted that identity in order to survive because I did not want to live back then. So my point is that I did not overthink it then. Like we didn't have money, my mom, my sister and I, pero dijimos chinga su madre and we planned that trip and we took that trip a tres ciudades, bueno, pues dos ciudades y este dijimos que sea lo que Dios quiera. <laughs> Entonces yo me acuerdo que mi mamá había dicho que ella pagaba los vuelos y el hotel and my sister and I only had to worry about bringing money to spend over there like for our food and whatever we wanted to buy but that she would take care of the flight tickets and the hotel. So ya estamos en el aeropuerto, jijiji, jajaja, you know, el aeropuerto de Tijuana. Estamos en la sala de espera y de repente un señor así, random guy, we don't even know him, he stands up and leaves. Okay, no big deal. <laughs> we don't even care. But the thing was that he stood up and he left, and he left his cell phone on the seat. 
Y pues nosotras nos quedamos como que nos volteamos a ver y para ese entonces el señor ya no estaba, ya se había ido. And then the phone starts ringing. And we're like just looking at each other. And then my mom gets the phone. And um, I think, I don't know if we like try to talk to the lady at the... Las, las como azafatas que están ahí, no me acuerdo si hablamos con ella, la verdad es, son como memorias así como que me vienen y me van porque pues esto fue hace seis años. But we basically had the phone and it kept ringing and ringing. My mom like turned the volume down and then as we are boarding on the plane or about to board on the plane, the phone gets a text message and my mom reads it and it's the guy. It's the guy that had left because he told my mom and he was like, este, puede contestar la llamada que soy el dueño del teléfono que le estoy marcando de mi otro teléfono so my mom answers the phone and she tells him like oh es que lo dejó aquí en el asiento donde está se lo llevamos you know we'll take it to you and the guy tells my mom oh I'm, on, I'm already on another plane and I'm going to Mexico City which was weird because the guy was sitting on the la sala de espera que iba a Guadalajara you know what I mean like why was he sitting there in the room for the plane that was going to Guadalajara if he was going to Mexico City. You know? You know what I mean? So he tells my mom that he's already in the plane going to Mexico City, so there's no way that he, you know, can get his phone. So he tells my mom, take it to where you're going, Guadalajara. I have a friend. Tengo una amiga en Guadalajara. Le voy a decir que, pues, que ya recojo el teléfono. And my mom was like, you know, my mom, ella, mi mamá tiene un dicho que dice, ojo de loca, no se equivoca, algo así. So my mom was like very, my mom is very skeptical about a lot of things, which is good, porque la ayuda en, en situaciones como de peligro. So my mom told him that she'll just leave the phone at the airport, that, you know, she doesn't want to take it, que no quiere como, pues ese compromiso. Entonces le dijo que lo podía dejar ahí con la zafata, but the guy was very like, estaba como muy así de que a huevo quería que mi mamá se lo llevara entonces le dijo no no take it please take it I have my friend over there I'll just tell her she can pick it up you know tomorrow and we'll, we should be fine like just take it and then he told her like I have very important information in that phone and also the fact that he had two phones I know a lot of people have two phones like one for work and one for personal use but I'm also like that I'm also skeptical creo que eso saqué de mi mamá <laughs> So, he was like, no, tengo información muy importante en ese teléfono, por favor, cuídelo, confío en usted, bla, bla, bla. And so my mom was like, okay, so she took the phone. Y yo creo que ese día cambió mi percepción de la vida. O sea, yo desde ese día, y hasta me acuerdo que escribí casi todo un ensayo en Facebook cuando pasó y cuando les cuente lo demás. My, my perspective on life completely shifted. And I understood that there's things that actually happen for a reason. And there are people that are placed in front of us in our paths for a specific reason by the universe. And ever since that date, I've always wondered, was that guy real? Or was he like fabricated by the universe? You'll see when I continue the story. So because the guy told my mom that he had very important information and that he really needed that phone... Mi mamá lo cuidó como si fuera su propio teléfono. Mi mamá lo guardó en su bolsa. Yeah, we got on the plane. We get to Guadalajara. And first thing that happens is that we had, habíamos, este, 
like I said, we were not like at the best position financially. So my mom found some hosteles, este, pues baratitos que están muy bien, la verdad. But we got there super late at night, and the first one that we got to wasn't a very, you know, it was just the three of us. It was my mom, my sister, and I, and it wasn't safe for us to be there. Even the the lady at the at the hotel told us that you know it wasn't very safe um to be there that night so we had to look for another one and we um finally found one pero estaba más caro y como que en internet decía que que tenían wifi luego resulta que no tenían como que todo estaba saliendo mal a lot of things were going wrong we were getting frustrated but we just got you know we just got the first hotel that we saw after that y nos quedamos ahí era un cuartito así para las tres um Like I said, it was really late at night, and it was just the three of us. It was our first time traveling, just the three of us. So, estábamos un poco así como ansiosas, y más porque traíamos ese teléfono. And I think we were very nervous and anxious about the phone because of the way the guy sounded. Like, he sounded very serious about the phone and the fact that he said that he had really important information. We were just, like, very anxious. And I remember my mom placed the phone on the nightstand, and... Y yo sentí el teléfono como otro personaje, tipo así Chuck Moll de Carlos Fuentes. Sentía como que era otro personaje en la historia. And then we just left it on the nightstand and the phone started ringing. So the phone started ringing and I remember that the three of us looked at each other. And like I said, teníamos esa, esas palabras del señor que tenía información importante y que era para su trabajo, pero no nos quiso decir en qué trabajaba. So the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing. My mom kept like ignoring it, but it just kept ringing. And my mom had to turn it off because it was going to run out of battery. Pues mi mamá lo ocupaba para comunicarse con la amiga del señor. We were just, I wish you had been there that night so you could feel like the tension, the anxiety. We were just in that small room. It was humid. It was dark outside. There were dogs barking, cars passing by, people talking. Me sentía como en un cuento de Gabriel García Márquez. Y aquí es donde se pone buena la cosa. So it is the next day. We wake up. Nothing happened. You know, we eventually fell asleep. Then the next morning, my mom looks for a bank because she needs to take out cash, you know, for the trip. It was our first day, like our first Día entero en Guadalajara, and she wanted cash because it is usually recommended that when you're traveling, you take out cash. One, because um, a veces las tarjetas americanas no las agarran como las terminales de México. And two, because we've had experiences in which our cards are cloned. Ha pasado en Tijuana, en México, entonces pues mi mamá, como digo, es... My mom's a little skeptical, so she makes sure to take out cash on trips, especially in Mexico, uh, para no tener que usar su tarjeta. So she was looking for a bank, and she already had the amount she wanted to withdraw in mind. And we go, and my mom, you know, hace lo que tiene que hacer. And then the the machine, de, pues que saca el dinero, le dice que no tiene suficiente. Eh, my mom, que se va para atrás. So then she tries another machine, lo mismo, she didn't have enough money, then she goes into the bank, the lady pues, le enseña su cuenta, and, and, and it turns out that my mom had mis, 
calculated how much money she had in her bank account. And we were all freaking out because my sister didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. I barely had like a little bit of money to like probably to just like eat one day or something. And so así estábamos. En medio de Guadalajara, nuestro primer día nos quedaban creo que cinco días sin dinero. Sin ningún dinero. <laughs> Me sentía como... Estamos perdidas, perdidas, perdidas. <laughs> and one thing that I admire about my mom and I wish that I had is that she has a... Pues ni modo, a ver que sigue mentality, you know? And before you ask, my mom is a Libra. But she has a lot of Sagittarius in her chart. And a lot of... I think she also has like Gemini. So... My mom is very así, como vivir al minuto, disfrutar la vida. And so when she realized that none of us had any money, she was just like, ay, pues, con lo poquito que tenemos, a ver qué pasa. And my sister and I were like, <laughs> just looking at each other. And I felt so bad because in that moment, I was already, I think I was like 21, 22. And as the older, the, the oldest daughter, I felt the responsibility to you know, be able to help my mom, and I couldn't, I didn't have any money, I couldn't do much, I just felt like me sentía inservible, but anyways, and this happened in the morning, and I think that we had agreed to meet up with the lady, the guy's friend, at like noon, 12 or 1, y pues mi mamá inteligente le dijo que nos viéramos en un lugar público y quedamos de vernos en el Starbucks, que está, if you've been to Guadalajara, you know, it's like in the Como donde está la placita principal, el centro, there's a Starbucks there, and my mom had told the lady that we would meet there. But obviously, I could tell that my mom was stressed about the money situation, but she, you know, like I said, it was my sister's birthday trip, so she didn't want to stress us out, or she was just saying that everything would be okay, that we would figure it out, that we didn't need that much money anyway, but... I was stressing, and I was stressing for her, and I felt bad, I felt guilty, I felt bad for my sister, and so we carry on, and then we get to Starbucks, and we're sitting there, and we're waiting, and then llega la señora, llega la amiga, y se nos acerca y trae un sobre en la mano. What would you think if you were me? Like, you're sitting at a Starbucks, holding this guy's phone, a phone that apparently has very important information that kept ringing throughout the night and then this lady approaches us with a big envelope you know esos como amarillos los sobres amarillos así grandes como ocho por once i remember just seeing her approaching us and i could see her approaching us in slow motion llega y se presenta dice que es amiga del señor ya ni me acuerdo su nombre que el señor le agradece mucho y que de agradecimiento le Le va a dar este sobre y que no lo abra hasta que ella se vaya. And we were just like, my sister and I were like pretending like we weren't hearing anything. We're like drinking our cafecito. <laughs> and my mom, también mi mamá se hizo la loca, ¿no? Se, ay, no, no, no se preocupe, está bien. Pues es, es lo que uno haría. Este, yo también a mí me hubiera gustado que me regresara mi teléfono. No ocupa darme esto. Y ella, no, sí, el señor le agradece mucho que por haberle cuidado el teléfono. Es muy importante para él. Este, ¿qué es este sobre? And then she walked away. Then my mom started getting really nervous because you never know. You know, you're in the middle of a new city in Mexico y alguien te da un sobre así grande. 
¿qué esperas? ¿Qué es lo que piensas? ¿Qué se te viene a la mente? No sé. Entonces, my mom was like, oh, no, no lo quiero abrir. And I was like, open it. I want to see. Like, I want to see what it is. And then my mom was like, tú ábrelo. And she handed it to me. And I remember I opened just a little bit to be able to see what was inside. I didn't want to open it all the way in case there was something, like, peligroso adentro. And I remember the first thing I see es un billete de 500. En ese entonces creo que ya estaba el billete de, no me acuerdo si era el de Frida y que está Diego atrás, but I, I could recognize it. Entonces lo veo, and then I tell my mom, ma, es un billete de 500. Me dice, no te creo. But it wasn't just one, there was more than one bill. And so I, I keep checking, I keep count, and I tell my mom, son billetes de 500. Y mi mamá me dice, cuánto, but she's like whispering, because, you know, why would we like be loud about that? Así, este, tampoco somos mensas. And I count them, and I'm not even kidding, I'm not even exaggerating for the sake of realismo mágico. It was the exact amount that my mom wanted to take out from her bank, but she couldn't because she didn't have that money. Entonces ya le digo con mi mano cuántos billetes eran. Y mi mamá me dice, no te creo. Te digo, le digo, te lo juro. Le doy el sobre, le digo, mira, cuéntalos tú. Y los cuenta. Y son eso, es la cantidad que mi mamá no pudo sacar del banco. And my mom, like, casi llora. Yo casi lloro, mi hermana también. No lo podemos creer. Do you feel what I'm feeling? How, how does this guy sit at a waiting room going to Guadalajara when he was going to Mexico City he stands up he casually de la nada forgets his phone a phone that is so important to him sitting así en el asientito como si estuviera esperando ir a Guadalajara también then tells my mom to take it and he has a friend in Guadalajara él ya se había ido que casualidad And my mom tries to take out money. No lo puede sacar. Vemos a la señora y le da ese dinero. ¿Cómo les quedó el ojo? Crónicas de una suerte anunciada. And after that, we didn't see the lady again. We didn't hear from the guy again. We went on on our trip. Ya más relajadas con dinero. How? How does this happen? And solo nosotras nos pasaría algo así. I'm still like even remembering the feeling, everything leading up to that moment. It just feels so surreal to me. Pero como diría García Márquez, no es surreal, no es realismo mágico. Es nuestra vida. And that's the story. That's the story of how a random men gave my mom the money that she needed. And After that, I just, I started seeing things differently. And today I tell people that the universe or God or whoever you believe in, they're always sending us signs and they're always sending us messages. But sometimes we're too busy to notice them or read them, but they're always there. Y a veces si no entendemos, a la mala nos hace entender. And... I think that everything in the, on that trip leading up to that moment when the lady handed us the envelope, it was planned out by the universe. 
and it also brought us together it was a bonding moment for us it was a moment of appreciating that we were safe that we were okay that we were in a better position that we did something good that we had a phone and we took care of it and that we were rewarded for it it was just an experience that I'll never forget and I'm sure my mom will never forget it either and my sister and yeah <laughs> yeah I have no other words así que pues lo único que les puedo decir es que pues tengan la mente y el corazón y los ojos abiertos and welcome the universe and their messages and you know que si se cierra una puerta una ventana va a estar abierta y no te aferres a que tiene que ser una puerta puede ser como dije una ventana algún hoyo en la pared you just have to look and you just have to keep an open mind and unlearn things and learn them again teach yourself allow someone else to teach you y pues que todo tiene solución tarde que temprano a veces la vida se siente pues un tanto injusta confusa frustrante pero y a veces pasamos por cosas que no merecemos que no deberíamos de pasar pero siempre hay algo siempre hay algo para nosotros que nos toca y lo que no pues se va a ir con el viento for being here I will see you in the next time la próxima historia del próximo cuento de Vianney Jarelli <laughs>